From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, emails edition for March 4th, 2010, from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Corey Martin, Julie Martin, and Kathy Whirling, and the Eccles family back in the peanut gallery, Teresa, Max the Intern, and Walter. Uh, this week, we will be reading your voicemails and playing your emails. If you would like to send us a question about an upcoming trip you're planning, or a question about the show or anything else, you can email it to podcast at wdwinfo.com or feel free to leave us a voicemail toll-free in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, 1-877-310-9662. The local number, 407-574-5093. Toll-free in the United Kingdom, 0808 and toll-free in Australia, 1-800-774-531. Now, on our discussion show this week, we mentioned that there will be a change to the schedule with the email shows. Uh, we're going to be doing email shows every other week instead of every week. And on the weeks we're not doing email shows, we're going to be doing shows uh, devoted to our discussion boards, disboards.com. So just wanted to make sure everyone was aware of that. And uh, I'm also back as host, in case you didn't listen to the discussion show. Yay! Yay for me. I'm the only one yang. <laughs> Yay! Do it again. Yay on the last show. Line. Uh, okay. One more time. I'm, I'm, I'm back hosting the show. Yay! There we go. Woohoo! Yeah, it's going to take, take a while for me to get them in line, but, you know. Um, sir! Yes, yeah, sir! Now, also, I just want to mention, everybody, that... Uh, Probably the best way to send us a voicemail if you happen to own an iPhone is wrapped around chocolate. Is to uh, use your uh, voice memos application on the iPhone. Comes with the phone, and uh, record your message on that. It allows you just to email it right to us from your phone. Sound quality on those are fantastic, absolutely fantastic. You know it is. I recorded um, Stella's class singing at a program with that, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked at the the sound quality that comes through on that. You can also uh, record a question via your PC. Uh, we have a how-to video on the podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, that steps you through that process. Stuff, uh, voicemails done like that are of a much better sound quality. Uh, it's a lot, uh, lot better for us, and you're much more likely to get your show, mm-hmm. your, uh, your voicemail read on the air if the sound quality is really good. Those are the first ones I look for. So. Can't you clip it, too? You can, like, clip it and edit it? If you, if you want to. Well, I mean, if there's too much stuff at the beginning or end. You mean the person? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess. Gives you that freedom. So, that, uh, okay, I guess with that, we will just go ahead and get started with our first. Uh, oh, wait, no, I didn't do the whole spiel. If we play your voicemail or read your email on the show, you do get your own Diz Unplugged t shirt or a Diz Unplugged pin and lanyard. And then once a month, we select one person at random who is read on the show and give them a shot at the prize matron. Some fantastic prizes there from an iPod Touch to a three-day, two-night stay at the Swan Dolphin. And we've also added a couple of $150 Disney gift cards and a few other surprises in there as well. So, uh, you know, shot to win some, win some free stuff. Oh. It sounded like a dog. Oh, goodness. God, Teresa. Check yourself. Sorry. She has a fur ball. <laughs> She's been licking Klaus. Ew. 
right. Our first voicemail this week comes to us from Mike, who has a question about the 15-month annual passholder renewal. So here is Mike. Uh, hi, podcast team. Uh, my name is Mike Hall, Lisa8200 on the board. Uh, email is disneyhalls at comcast.net. Um, just heard it talked about on a podcast earlier if they were doing the 15 months. Uh, for an annual pass, so I'd let mine lapse well, uh Florida resident seasonal pass um, and had the offer for 15 months, but didn't take up on it. Uh, but my birthday just passed, so uh decided to come back at the passes back and everything and even asked them if it was going to be for 15 months, and they said no. Uh, but I thought on a podcast about a week or so ago that it was set up through March that you could still get 15 months on buying an annual pass. So maybe I understood, but if not, that's what I was told when we got our passes. All right, thanks. Enjoy the podcast. Y'all are great. Well, thanks very much for calling in, Mike. Um, uh, now, as far as I understand regarding the 15-month, uh, this is only good on renewals. If you buy a, a, an annual pa- a 12-month annual pass, uh, you'll get 15 months. It's only good on renewals and only if you are within your 30-day window, so that you're allowed to renew your annual pass 30 days prior to the expiration or 30 days after. But if you're outside that window, it's not going to work. So I'm not sure, based on on your voicemail, whether or not you were in that situation. I know you said you let it expire. If it was more than 30 days since it expired, that's why you weren't able to uh, renew for the 15-month. As far as I know, um, the... uh, 15-month promo on new passes ended December 31st. Mm-hmm. This is only now available for renewals, and it is only it, they're running it through August 30th. Am I correct? Correct. Right. The first three months of the promotion were was for new passes and renewals, and then the remaining portion, the last nine months, is only for renewals. And again, he said he let it lapse, so I'm assuming that's why. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why they didn't give it to you. So we're going to get our 15 months this year. Yep. yep. I just, as a matter of <laughs> fact, I just didn't mind. I bet they. Re- I bet they extend this. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Especially if they come out with that. But you um, know, here's here's my thing. And again, I don't want to like be beating a dead horse here on the annual pass thing. But you know, we're hearing rumors that uh, they're going to start offering a payment plan to Florida residents for their annual passes, which is is great. Um, if don't you think it would make more sense and be easier for people rather than giving fifteen months for the price of twelve, just screw the extra three months and. Give everybody everybody a payment plan. Let everybody pay monthly for their passes. I, I just think that would the amount of the amount of goodwill they would generate by doing that would be amazing. And you know, per- perhaps there's a business reason for not doing it other than unmitigated greed that I'm not aware of. But uh, I just this this confuses me to no end. Every other theme park in Orlando does this. You can buy their annual passes on an installment plan. You just Give them your credit card. Your credit card is charged a set amount every month over the 12-month period, and it usually comes out to be the same price as if you paid cash for it. There's no interest on it other than what you pay in your credit card, obviously. But if you use a debit card, there's no interest on that. So it, it, it just confuses me. It just, I don't know. I think they would be better to do that than the 15-month thing. I think they have to revamp the whole thing. I think they should allow you, if, if, you buy a, if you're willing to buy a two-year pass, that you get some a little bit of a break. If you're willing to buy a three-year pass, 
get a little bit of a break. Yeah. I mean, think of the things they could do with it without it really costing them all that much. I bet you if they come out with a payment plan, they do away with 15 months. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I don't know. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. Well, maybe they'll offer you either or. Let you pay for 15 months. Because it's not like they give it's not like they give a whole mess of discounts with the annual pass anymore. Right. No. Um, so it's not like all of a sudden all these people are going to be getting discounts on things they weren't getting before. Um, so I, I really don't know where the downside is in this for them, other than you know that standard Disney arrogance. We're Disney; we don't have to do that stuff. Universal and SeaWorld do. But if you're already if you're doing this 15 month promotion, obviously you're trying to get people to buy annual passes. Think about the economy. It's not the fact that they want more, uh, more months on, uh, uh, on their pass. It's the fact that they want the pass to be more affordable. And if you're not going to lower the price, which of course you're not going to do, then make it easier for people to buy these passes. Think about the number of people that would buy annual passes this way that would not buy them otherwise. I just – I don't know. I don't want to be – like I said, I don't want to beat a dead horse. We talked about it in the last show, but – there are a few passes that are not included in the 15-month. The Epcot After Four, uh, the Water Park Annual Pass, and the Disney Quest Annual Pass. Cool. All right. Well, thank you again, Mike, for the question. And who has an email they'd like to read? Miss Teresa, back there with her hand up in the peanut gallery, jumping up and down. Pick me, pick me. me. <laughs> I do have an email. This comes from Jen. Hi, I'm Jen, Ship to Sea on the Boards. I am new to listening to the podcast, so forgive me if this is a repeat question. I'm going down to Walt Disney World for my honeymoon. I'm a vegetarian, and my fiancé is not. This makes dining out a bit of a problem sometimes, but this being our honeymoon and all, I don't want to be limited. Some restaurants that we are planning to go to, such as Hoop-de-Doo, Review, and Beer Garden, are very meat-oriented. I was wondering if you knew of a way to get in touch with these restaurants ahead of time so I don't have the problems. I was, I know putting notes on your ADRs is really not a foolproof way to get what you need. So I was wondering if you had any tips. Any help you can give would be great. There is a special number you can call for a dietary request. Um, I'll give you the number right now. It's 407-824-5967. I've called the number. Um, there's a, you get a message that will call you back within two business days to talk to you about your issues, whether it's um, something you can't have or something special you want. Also, um, if you go onto our website, you can look at the menus. A lot of them do offer um, vegetarian options. I know Citrico's has the seared tofu, which I've had and I really enjoyed. I know a lot of people here are not into tofu, but it was I enjoyed it. I like tofu. I like tofu. You like tofu, Corey? I do. Of all the choices at Citrico's, you chose yeah. seared tofu. I did, and it was. <laughs> oh, I it out of my miso All soup. they do is cook it. They sear it. When does other things with it? But anyway, uh, Raglan like Road steak. has the Portobello <laughs> Burger. So there's a lot of different options um, to pick from. Um, most of the places are going to work with you. If you wait till you're here, you can call the restaurants directly and speak to them. But if you do it before you come down, it'd be a lot easier and call the number. I think the one that you would probably need to give the advance notice to the most is Hoop-de-Doo. Yeah. Yeah. 
because chicken and ribs. Right, I, I hope to do has a set menu. Right. 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 Menu, right. What, but you're going to get your salad. You you know, even if you walked in, you'd still get the salad, the baked beans, the corn, the bread. Yeah, but if, if you shouldn't if you want have, something right, special, you shouldn't have to do no. without. No, right. Exactly. What but, I I'm sorry. Go ahead. Other restaurants would have a full kitchen and be able to create something on the right. spot. Hoop Dee Doo has a set menu, so I'm sure they're stocked with what they're going to cook. So yeah. I think giving them some advance notice makes sense. I would mention it on my ADR. I would call, and then I would mention it again when I got here. Well, one of the things I've been noticing now, you know, for years we've made jokes about, you know, my aversion to vegetables. Well, ever since finding out that I was diabetic, I've had to obviously make some pretty big changes in my diet, and I've been trying to do more vegetables. There are a limited number of vegetables I will eat. Uh, There's a long list of vegetables I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. And what I find going into restaurants when I say to them, like, because if they're serving something, uh, and it did, you know, if, if if I'm if I'm ordering my entree and they're serving something alongside it that you know I would rather not have, I ask what what vegetables they have. Um, and this was even true in the Yachtsman Steakhouse. We were there on Saturday, which was a magnificent meal, by the way, unbelievable, one of the best meals I've had in years. Um, but I said, what other vegetables do you have? Well, it was pretty much broccoli was the vegetable. Um, you know, no carrots, no spring string beans, no you know corn, nothing. Um, and I'm finding this not just at Disney restaurants, but at a lot of restaurants, they really don't offer a lot of alternate vegetables. And that kind of surprises me. It's like, you know, you don't have a kitchen that has carrots in it. You can't, you know, steam me up some carrots. You can't steam, you know, some string beans. Um, and that I, I just find, uh, I just find odd. But, uh, you know, so, and that's just for me. And I'm nobody's definition of a vegetarian. But I can't imagine how hard it is to eat out being a vegetarian unless you're going to a restaurant that specifically specializes in vegetarian cuisine. Yeah, they do also have an email address, specialdiets at disneyworld.com. I hit every one of the choices. and Most Disney restaurants have a vegetarian entree on their choice. However, it's usually a vegetarian right. entree. Yeah, yeah. But they're usually good, though, the ones I've had. Because a lot of times I don't want meat. I'll... I'll go for that tofu, Kevin. I don't care, Teresa. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, what you can do, too, I just went to uh, the dining uh, database we have on the Diz. You can search uh, entrees by uh, by type of of food, including vegetables. So you can kind of see, um, like I'm looking at the 50s Primetime Cafe, they have... Uh, a roasted uh, a roasted pepper stuffed with whole grains and smoked uh, ratatouille. Um, they also have uh, what's well, actually in there twice, but uh, you know soups and salads, things like that coming up. And we've got it for every Disney restaurant, so you can kind of take a look at what's already on the menu. Um, and we'll include a link to that in the in the show notes page for you. Actually, let me go ahead and make a copy of that link now so that I have it. But uh, you know, that's something else you can use that dining database to not just search restaurants, but also search ingredients uh, in the uh, entrees, starters, things like that. So, great. Well, thank you very much for that, Teresa. Who else has an email they would like to read? I do. Kevin, uh, please read your email. Uh, not so much a question, but a story. Dear podcast crew, quite a while ago, I want to stay at the Swan Dolphin for my review of the college program meeting. That was held on my campus. Thanks for that trip. My family was able to, I'm sorry, thanks to that trip, my family was able to head down to Disney last week and spend a little getaway time with each other. 
When we started planning back in September, we asked my boyfriend Adam to come with us because he had never been to Disney. A few weeks later, he told me he was not going to be able to come because he couldn't get off work. It was a huge lie. Adam had been planning with my family. Adam had been planning with my family the whole time to secretly fly down to Orlando and meet us for a huge surprise, and I had no clue. For months, my family kept the biggest secret in history. That might not be the biggest. Yeah, that's a little bit hyperbole. Hyperbole, yeah. Uh, my mom, sister, and I were planning on staying at the Swan Dolphin, and my brother and dad were going to stay in an RV in Fort Wilderness, where we normally stay when we go down. After the boys dropped us off, we were going to take showers and then meet at the Magic Kingdom to ride the new or not-so-new Space Mountain. After my mom, sister, and I hung out in Fantasyland for a while, the boys called, so we walked over to meet them. At, to meet them. However, they were not in front of Space Mountain, so my mom suggested we look over by the ticket and I'm sorry, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority and Carousel of Progress. Lo and behold, they were standing in front of the Carousel of Progress waiting for us. My dad had a funny look on his face, so I knew something was up. He asked me to pose with him while we took a picture in front of the gears. The Carousel of Progress is my favorite attraction in the Magic Kingdom, so I always take a picture wow. with the gears when we go. Then my dad whips around, and there's Adam. I was so surprised, I couldn't believe it. And then Adam got down on one knee and proposed. Of course, I said yes. We had some cast members come up to us and give us free bride and groom Mickey ears and pins and told us we could go to the front of the hat store and get the hats embroidered for free. There was also a meet and greet going on with Buzz right next to us, so we got to cut in line and take pictures. Buzz tried to propose to me as well, but Adam wouldn't let that happen. We then spent a few days enjoying Disney and showing Adam as much as we could before we had to go back to reality. I just wanted to write and thank you for playing a part in my engagement and to tell our story. Thanks for everything. Missy Noor. Well, congratulations, Miss- Missy. Congratulations, yeah, Missy. That's a, that's a great story. I just have to hope that your uh, your taste in boyfriends is much better than your taste in favorite attractions in the Magic Kingdom. Oh, it's a classic. It is. But the favorite, your fa- sure. your favorite in the Magic Kingdom, it's that great big beautiful tomorrow. Like <laughs> we, you know, John and I, you know, had dubbed it early in the early days the Carousel of Sleep Disorders. Um, I liked it when they changed the last scene to be the future. And they changed it from rotary dial phones to push-button phones. <laughs> I thought that was a great improvement. Yeah, our that's our Christmas looked like that last room with everybody on their laptops and the Christmas tree, the big screen TV. I'm like, look at, look at us. We're in the last room. <laughs> I think it's surprising that the, re- the restaurant in Tomorrowland, Mickey's Star Traders. That's the, that's the uh, store. store. I'm sorry. What's the restaurant? It's that, the lo- lunching pad. No, the, well, the uh, oh, uh, oh. Uh, Cosmic Rays. Yeah. Cosmic Rays. I think the restaurant of tomorrow should have automatic drawers at this point. <laughs> that's a good point that's a great story Missy we're very happy for you congratulations glad you enjoyed your stay at the Swan Dolphin and uh, I hope you bought you a big ring how's she going to ever top that trip though maybe uh, when they bring their first kid yeah <laughs> they'll have to work for it <laughs> so alright our next let me get on my the right page here our next voicemail comes to us from Becky in Ohio with questions about concierge. So here is Becky. Hello, podcast crew. Uh, this is Becky Kale from Cincinnati, Ohio. I am B. Kale on the boards, uh, although I'm not a big poster. Uh, usual kudos on a job well done. I love the show. Uh, I started listening a little over a year ago, and I've been hooked ever since. I actually started listening to the old shows last summer, and I've almost made it to 2008. 
Um, I first, I just want to say how much I really enjoyed getting to know Bob through the old shows. When I listen to the current shows now, I really miss hearing his Dianers and his interventions. Uh, I wish I'd been able to see Cart Cam in the parks. Every time you guys talk about it in old shows, it makes me sad to know I'll never get to see it. Um, I think you should start a Diz Museum and make Cart Cam your first exhibit. Uh, maybe Disney will cut you a deal on the Virgin Megastore. Just a thought. <laughs> anyway, I do have a question for you guys. We are going on our first Disney cruise in August, and we have a few days to hang out at the parks afterwards. My debate is on where to stay. With the discounts out there now, I've been looking at the deluxe resorts, and specifically concierge level, as we've never stayed concierge before. Um, we have stayed at the Poly in the past, and we absolutely loved it. My daughter still cannot stop talking about it. As a matter of fact, she said to me the other day, out of the blue, Mommy, the next time we go to Disney, we should stay at the Poly again. And yes, she did use the word Poly. Um, it also seems that of all the resorts, the Poly is uh, generally considered to have the best concierge level. My debate is that I would really like to try the Beach Club as it seems like they have the best pool on property. And we are going in August, so a pool would be a good idea. We've never stayed there, so it would also be a new experience for us. Um, I would like to experience concierge level one time, but I'm not sure if the Beach Club's concierge is worth it. So what do you think? Poly or the Beach Club? Is concierge worth it given the discounts that are out? Thanks again, and love the show. All right. Well, thank you very much. Before we answer, I'm all for displaying Bob's clothes <laughs> in the Virgin Megastore. Well, thank you for the question, uh, Becky. Um, I, uh, we're going to put a link uh, to some information on the Beach Club Concierge for more discussion boards up on the show notes page. Um, but... Overall, I mean, the reviews of the Beach Club Concierge are very positive. I haven't stayed at Beach Club Concierge for a few years. Uh, when I was there, it was fantastic. Now, I know the room has been redone. It's been expanded. Uh, the Concierge uh, Lounge has been expanded. Um, but uh, there's also a rumor on the boards that all of the Disney Concierge Lounges are going to go to the same menus, basically. Um, uh, have the same breakfast, lunch, and snack dessert and alcohol offerings just change it up uh at dinner time which i think would be a mistake honestly but um you know uh, one of the things that's been mentioned was mentioned on the boards that i thought was very interesting is that you know if, if you're using the dining plan concierge is too much food it's just too much food with the dining plan but um taking a look at some of the dates uh in august i you didn't tell us which date you were actually going to be here so i'm not sure but considering that you're doing a cruise, I figured you'd be here for either three or four days. Um, there's not a big difference in price uh, between uh, Beach Club Concierge and Poly. Beach Club is a little bit less expensive. Uh, we're seeing the, uh, the Poly uh, for the date for later on in August, from mid-August on, for about five oh five a night uh, for a standard. This is for a standard Garden View room. I priced them out a standard Garden View room and uh, Beach Club Club level Garden View room uh, four seventy a night. So, uh, you know, for me, though, that, the, that, that, that club lounge at the Poly with that view of the fireworks and the desserts being served, the lights being lowered, right. the music being pumped in, I don't know. It's, that's, not, it's uh, not just about the food and the concierge lounge. Yeah. It's about the atmosphere. And the, exactly. In my opinion, the Polynesian has the best. And I always thought, you know, we, we were at the uh, State of Poly Concierge a couple, a couple of years back. And honestly, the food they put out was fantastic. I, I thought they did a great job, especially at dinner time. The Beach Club does have a good pool. Stormalong Bay is mm -hmm. a fun pool. Right. However, the pool at the Poly is nice. In my opinion, 
the monorail access to the Magic Kingdom, that's hard to beat. Yep. It's, it's a plus. To, it's hard to beat. So it really depends. It really depends. Uh, like, it's like anything else. It, you know, it depends on your, on your personal preference. Uh, there really isn't much of a difference in cost. Um, if you're going to stay concierge, I don't think the difference in th- $30, $35 a night is a big deal for you. Uh, but, uh, you know, it depends on what's important to you. Uh, is the food the most important thing? Is the lounge uh, the most important thing? Uh, you know, the location, pool, the pool, transportation, transportation, location. Uh, you know, one resort has you right next to the Magic Kingdom. The other one has you right next to Epcot. More dining around Beach Club. You can walk over to the boardwalk area. Mm-hmm. You have yacht. You know, the yacht club too. Swan and Dolphin. If you're Epcot. if you're asking for my personal opinion, uh, Polly. Um, and again, that's not to take anything at all away from the Beach Club concierge. I haven't been there in a while, so I really can't say. You know whether it's good or bad, but the last time I was there, it was magnificent. Uh, but uh, for me, the Polynesian, because of its location and because of that stunning, stunning view uh, of the of the Magic Kingdom uh, from the lounge at night, watching the fireworks with the music piped in and being served the desserts, just out of this world. I think it boils down to how much is that pool worth to you? How much is Storm Along Bay worth? That's something you'd have to make yeah, your decision. Exactly, on. exactly. So it's also something to be said for if your daughter says, "I'd really like to go back there." Mm-hmm. That's something to consider as well. We had dinner with some uh, some listeners a while back who stay concierge level, and they tried the Polynesian, but they had always stayed Beach Club before. Mm-hmm. And when they tried the Polynesian, they hated it only because they were used to the Beach Club. They had grown accustomed to it. It was like their home away from home. I can't imagine anybody hating Polly Concierge. It was just a personal it's preference. It's what you become. Uh, I remember when I was a kid. This is going back years. We stayed at the Contemporary when we came down. This was in the 70s. And my mother always recommended that the next time we come, that we stay at the Polynesian. And from a kid's perspective at the time, I didn't want to go anyplace but the Contemporary. No place is ever going to be as good as the place you love. Yeah. To a kid, I think. Well, and to, I, I think for me, too, you know, the Poly is uh, arguably my favorite resort. And the service we got a couple of years back when we stayed concierge, the service was spectacular. I mean, it was really like that, that, that old true blue Disney go the extra mile service. And it wasn't just for us. We watched them doing it with every guest that walked in the door. Um, I think that concierge team, at least last time I was there, that concierge team was uh, was really hard to beat. But uh, so, I mean, again, it's a personal preference. Those are some of the things to keep in mind uh, when you get back from your trip. Give us a call. Let us know. Let us know where you stayed, what you liked, what you thought of it. So thanks again, Becky, who has an email they'd like to I read. Do. Miss Julie Martin. I saw you going for it, too. <laughs> this is from Scott Russell, and the he is in Key West. One of our favorite places mm-hmm. to visit. Hello there, new listener. I was referred by a co-worker who is an avid fan of Walt Disney. Our family tries to visit the Magic Kingdom every year. And this year we were happy to hear that the National Down Syndrome Congress was having their convention at Walt Disney World. Per my co-worker, I was informed that members of your staff, Corey and Julie, <laughs> have a child with Down Syndrome. As do my wife and I. Yes, his name is Ferris. Their daughter, Amber, is now nine years old and loves Disney. He wants any information that we can provide where their stay could be greater enjoyed. Um, I actually wasn't sure if you were asking specifically about 
the convention <laughs> or if you were asking about just being at Disney. So I'm answering both. <laughs> um, the National Down Syndrome Congress convention is July 16th through the 18th, and it's at the Coronado Springs Resort. Um, per some of the my friends and fellow members of our local Down Syndrome Association, rooms are booked. Um, if you don't have a room there now, you probably won't get one. <laughs> Um, and you probably don't really want one at Coronado. But that's another that's another discussion altogether. Just to be close to the events they'll have going on so you can see all the self-advocate speakers and different things they have. Um, but they will have a Golf for Life tournament at the Disney's Palm Golf Course on July 19th, which is the day after the conference ends. And then there's also a Buddy Cruise, which I had no idea about and I wish we had known about earlier. It's going to be... July 19th through the 23rd, it leaves from Port Canaveral, goes to the Bahamas with stops in Coco Key or Coco Cay. I'm oh, not so sure. So this is a Royal Caribbean cruise. Yes, it is. And also Nassau. It's on Royal Caribbean's Monarch of the Seas. There is a $45 conference fee per cabin, which will ensure that you have access to all their buddy cruise sessions and events. And if you do decide you're going to book the cruise, it's a $100 deposit per person to guarantee your cabin. You could go to buddycruise.com for more information about that. Um, Corey actually looked into it last night for us, but all of the rooms that accommodate four people are gone. <laughs> really? Yeah. So <laughs> we're part of that group now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't want two rooms with two small children. That really doesn't make yeah. sense for us. So I told Corey. I kept thinking, who's the fourth kid? <laughs> <laughs> the one in her stomach right now. <laughs> you know what? I, it hit me, but you see when, his belly rubbing the table. <laughs> when was that cruise again? July nineteenth through the twenty third. You can leave one home. Ferris <laughs> will be old enough by yeah, then. No, he can take care of himself. Well, you know, wouldn't it be fair to leave one at home. I mean, she would never know, but one day the photos would come up, and she'd be like, "Why wasn't I there?" Exactly. <laughs> take lying. me on a cruise. So, um, I wanted to give you that information, but then as far as Disney is concerned, the only thing that I I'm aware of and can find. I actually tried to research a little bit online about Disney and disabilities or specifically Down syndrome, but most of their information about disabilities is specifically for people with a physical disability. Um, and some children with Down syndrome do have those mobility issues, right? right but yeah. it's more about mobility issues. So the guest assistance card um, could help you if she has issues with crowds or, you know, being impatient or anything like that. You can go to guest services and you can ask for this. It'd be good for her and up to five other people. Um, it doesn't get you to the front of the line, but it could help you to have an area to wait that wouldn't be too overwhelming for her. Um, I know several other families who live in the area and take their children to Disney and they don't do anything different than they do for their other children to help them to enjoy themselves. Um, I think bringing her is enough. And letting her do what she wants to do and just being able to enjoy being at Disney is is a great thing. You live close. Well, close enough <laughs> that you can come once a year. Um, we take Ferris. And even though he's only 14 months old, you know, there are certain things that he likes to do, which mm-hmm. is fun. Right now, he's happy just strolling around and watching people, which is really good for us because we don't have to wait in line. <laughs> but... Um, just come and have a good time. If you have specific questions for me that you don't want to talk about on air or whatever, send me an email at julie, julie at wdwinfo.com. J-U-L-I-E. Can I give a piece of advice that someone gave me? Uh, anybody coming to the parks in August, make sure your kids have a swimsuit in tucked in your bag and a beach towel. 
Epcot, I know, has a small fountain that mm-hmm. kids can play in. Downtown Disney has a couple of them where kids can play in the water. This is a huge, huge draw. My, um, my cousin's kids come down every once in a while, and that's always the one thing that's forgotten, to throw that little bathing suit and a beach towel just so they can run through the water. These fountains are a huge draw for kids. And in August, it might be a huge draw for you, too. Most definitely. Great. Well, thank you very much for that. Julie, who else? I have one. Uh, hello, podcast team. It's Trevor, Trevor797 on the boards. A big what's up from the UK. <laughs> I would like to book huh. a helicopter. Yeah, that's what he says. I'm telling you. I couldn't do it with the accent, though. I would like to book a helicopter or balloon <laughs> flight. <laughs> oh, and if you want to do it with an English accent, it, it would be pip pip cheerio. <laughs> fall, 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 fall. Leave the leave the British alone. They've been I, through enough. I love them. <laughs> I love the British. Oh. Don't you they be messing. With, don't you be messing with the Brits. So Trevor writes. I would like to book a helicopter or balloon flight over the world in October for me and my wife's anniversary. By the way, our anniversary is on the 6th of October. God forgive me if I were to forget that. Do you know of any companies that do this? Have any of you done any of these activities before? Thank you for a very funny and informative podcast. I look forward to downloading the new ones every week. Cheers. Well, there are a few places. We've, we've done the helicopter tour before. It's funny. I was just looking at that video. Yeah. Just looking that at was that really fun. I was taking photos. You were videotaping. And I was also, I should have worn diapers. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I have a terrible fear of heights. It's called International Heli Tours. It's open daily from 9 a.m. to sunset. No reservations are required. Uh, the phone number is 407-239-TOUR. Now, their packages include um, everything from just a, a fly over SeaWorld, Discovery Cove, to everything. They range from $27 per adult all the way up to $112 per adult. If you want to just do uh, the Walt Disney World area, that's going to be... $54 per adult. That includes Downtown Disney, Pleasure Island, Typhoon, uh, eight Disney resorts, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Tower of Terror, Blizzard Beach, Animal Kingdom, Disney's Wild World of Sports, and the Nickelodeon Resort. Ooh, that'd be fun. Don't, I th- that isn't Over the Parks a no-fly zone? Actually, the Magic over Kingdom. Over the Magic Kingdom. Is the only no-fly zone, yeah. And uh, Animal Kingdom. You're not allowed oh, to fly Animal over Kingdom. in Animal Kingdom. Well, you are if you have a shotgun. <laughs> well, this one includes that. Maybe they just fly you on the outskirts of that. And a child, uh, well, you, you don't have to deal with a child. There is a place for balloon flights. Now, this looks really cool. I actually contacted this guy to ask him. Um, I'm going to talk with him to see if he can offer anything for, uh, for Diz members. It's called Thompson Air, A-I-R-E. Now, they have a private balloon for two. I mean, this isn't cheap. It's $595. Jeez. Yeah, flights are flown seven days a week, weather permitting, at sunrise. They offer the program starts at 6 a.m. The entire program takes three to four hours, and you'll be done around 9:30. So just in time for the parks to open. They have a pre-flight briefing at Best Western Lakeside. They'll introduce you to the pilot. Uh, they'll talk more about the whole adventure and answer any questions you might have. And if you don't want the private tour. There's another one you can do for uh, $185 per adult, but you can be with another family. So if you're doing this for your anniversary, you want something more romantic, that's really up to you. Spring for it, dude. Sounds romantic. I know there's a number <laughs> of balloon places because they fly over my house quite often every week. And there's an Orlando balloon adventure. And where or do you live? 
Five hundred dollars for Kathy's house from the sky. Hey, they land in the backyard or down in the field. Yeah, Kathy waving to them. Yeah. Now I know the big question: Will they fly over Disney? Um, See Kathy nude sunbathing out in her backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Bring your binoculars. Um, The big question is: Will they fly over Disney? They say they try as often as possible, but they float with the wind. Right. So you'll be able to see Disney area attractions. It really it depends on the wind. Yeah, you're at the mercy of the wind wherever the wind takes you. That's the scary part. Yeah, it's very poetic. Why you'd never get me up in one? There's not enough tranquilizers on Earth. I think it sounds fun. Yeah. No, we'll go try it, Julie. No. And you're going to get up at six a.m. Well, actually, you're going to get up at four thirty. We'll have to book a hotel in that area. (laughs) (laughs) You can book one. You can stay with Kathy. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go spend the night. You just won't be able to find her on a map. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that, Corey. Our next voicemail comes to us from Brian, a.k.a. Doc O'Neill, on the boards, who has some tips for us and also a question. So here is Brian. Hello, everybody. It's Brian, a.k.a. Doc O'Neill, from the Diz Boards. Brad, also known as Petroman, kind of stole my idea for a voicemail a few weeks back, filling everybody in about the details of the give-a-day, get-a-Disney-day fast pass. Uh, But since he's already updated everybody, um, I also know there's been a lot of questions in general regarding the program, and many have been getting information from the Central Disney number that is contradicting what people are actually experiencing. Though that's not an unusual thing, as Kevin found out. I'd like to invite any listeners with questions to visit the give-a-day promotion subform under the Theme Parks and Attractions form, where a lot of us have been gathering all that information and answering questions. And there are a lot of questions, and we're doing our best to answer everybody as we get the information, uh, from signing up and finding an opportunity to using the free one-day ticket most effectively to all the other options that are available. Second, last week someone asked if it was possible to get non-packaged tickets added to Key to the World cards. Simple answer is yes. More complicated answer is that yes, you can do it if the ticket is a Magic Your Way ticket and possibly a few other types of tickets, uh, but not an annual pass or any other type of ticket that can't be handled by your resort. And you can't already have a ticket already on the Key to the World card. Only one ticket entitlement is allowed on the card. So if you have a package with a one day ticket and you have another ticket that's seven days and you want to use that instead, you have to first get the one-day ticket removed and the seven-day ticket added. Lastly, I caution everyone to have the cast member verify each of the Key to the World cards afterwards to make sure the ticket entitlements show up. I have my in-laws' tickets added to the Key to the World's card once, and they lost my father-in-law's entitlement, which, of course, we didn't know about until we showed up at Epcot and couldn't get in. Guest Relations handled it well, but it was a hassle, and we lost a lot of time both at Guest Relations and back at the resort again to get it squared away. And in the end, he still ended up with two separate cards. So it was a lot of work just to carry one less card for for the week. Now for my own question. We'll be visiting Walt Disney World for the holidays this year with my in-laws and both of our daughters. For my own question, three separate meals. One is for all six of us, and it can be a breakfast, lunch, or dinner, uh, to eat as a family. We do have a very picky six-year-old. Chicken nuggets are pretty much a staple in our house. Um, but And we've done character meals before, so you know, it doesn't need to be a character meal or anything like that, but something decent for all six of us to enjoy. Second, 
I'd like a meal for my in-laws who are a bit older and who would enjoy a nice meal, possibly a little seafood, uh, but they especially would enjoy a nice wine with their dinner. And third, a nice romantic dinner for my wife and I, who are not wine drinkers, but might enjoy some mixed drinks. And we'll probably be looking for something that, someplace that has a good steak. Cost is generally important, so we aren't necessarily looking to, at something like Victorian Alberts, but perhaps something that's a good value. We will probably not have the dining plan, although I'm still kind of looking at the numbers to see if it makes sense. But we could possibly have the tables in Wonderland cart, uh, so a uh, place that might offer that discount based on that would be fine. Thank you for all your suggestions, and kongaloosh. Well, thank you very much uh, for the uh, for the tips, Ryan. I didn't even realize how sad that we had a sub-forum on the theme parks board for the Give It Day, Get It Day. We will definitely uh, not only put that information on the show notes page, but we will also uh, get that updated on the Diz uh, so that we have that uh, a link funny. to that on the uh, 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 on our information on the Diz. It's funny how Disney releases a promotion that's so complicated that we need to have a sub-forum where people can gather the information. <laughs> what else is new? Why don't you just make something simple and put it out there? But that's another argument for another day. So, well, let's see. Um, suggestions for his family. For breakfast, lunch, or dinner. A good place for them to to eat. They want to eat on property, correct? I would assume the yeah, answer to that like on all of these is yes. Um, my personal opinion, when you have that many people, go for a buffet. Yeah. Go for someplace where everybody can pick their own and get Crystal their Palace. own. Crystal Palace. I was going to say Crystal Palace. Someplace where people can go and make their choices and not be confined to one type of food. Right. I know the hoopy do they confine you but to, to the food, but it's a fun it's a fun uh, dinner. I was gonna say beer garden. Because then the kids can <laughs> get up and well, that's one of my favorites, oh. what can I say? God help me. I've never been there. Boiled meat much? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I understand uh, the dolphin they have the fresh Mediterranean market for breakfast. Mm, yeah, that's actually very good. Highly recommended. Yeah, I've not been there. I don't get up in time to eat breakfast. Yeah, I would not recommend uh, the uh, the restaurant over in the Swan. What's the name of that? Oh, the Mediterranean. That no, one? no, the, the uh, Blue Zoo. No, no, no. The, in the Peek-a-boo. Swan. Oh, oh Swan. Oh. Um, it's the it's the you know buffet restaurant. I know what you mean. Yeah. Garden, Garden Grill, Garden, Garden Grill. Yeah, I got to like tell names. you, no, Garden Grill is uh, <laughs> horrendous. No, um, I don't. Garden know. Grove, Garden Grove. Yeah. Um, uh, that was that buffet in there was beyond horrendous, uh, really and truly, and just nickel and dimed you, and was overcharged, and the food was disgusting. So, I certainly would stay away from that. But uh, I think you're right. Fresh, the uh, fresh Mediterranean uh, restaurant in the Dolphin. Uh, does a great breakfast. We've I thought eaten that there. it was really good. Yeah, it's extremely good. So that's a great suggestion. If you want something different, uh, it also you know they, it's a pretty. Uh, they had a pretty, uh, if I remember correctly, a very wide variety. I read the menu the last time we were there. Again, I haven't been there. I apologize. As far as where to eat for his uh, um, parents and he and his wife, I have a couple of recommendations. I think Narcissus can't be beat. And I also think uh, the Brown Derby. The Brown Derby has wine pairing, as does Narcissus. They also have a great bar. I was going to say Citrico's for 
his parents because I think Citrico's, uh, not only do they have a great wine uh, selection, but they also have more seafood and Narcusis for them. I think Narcusis is a little more romantic when you get one of those window uh, seats. If you're looking for something adventurous. Oh, they also, he also said he liked, I'm sorry to interrupt you. He also said they were more mixed drink lovers. So Narcusis has that full bar. Right. Okay, special. can I redeem myself? Could I recommend Yachtsman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And let me tell you, at Yachtsman, yeah, I am not, uh, I'm not a seafood eater by any stretch of the imagination. A tuna fish sandwich is pretty much the extent of my seafood. But I love a good lobster bisque. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I was turned on to lobster bisque the first time over at Chefs de France in, in Epcot, which I think there's a, a wonderful lobster bisque. And then I had the one at Yachtsman. Oh, my God. Incredible. It was not just the best lobster bisque I've ever had. It is quite possibly the best soup I have ever tasted. Plus, they have those little pull-apart rolls with the garlic and the butter. Did you have those little rolls? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. We put them in our pockets. (laughs) Those rolls dipped into that that lobster bisque, really and truly. Did you um, need a meal? You know, that's what I was worried about. After I had that, I'm like, oh, no, because we had a, a, a porterhouse on the way. And I'm like, ooh, 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 this is going to be rough eating all this food. Keep the steak, bring more rolls. But then what really impressed me, while we're talking about Yachtsman, what really impressed me, obviously, as I mentioned, recently found out I was diabetic, <clears throat> and uh, asked what sugar-free desserts they have. Well, they have a sugar-free mango cheesecake plate. And I'm like, okay, bring it to me. This is you know, going to taste like cardboard and sticks. But I'll, I'll try it. And take a bite of this cheesecake and call the waiter back over. I said, you are not going to tell me this doesn't have sugar in it. I said, you said no sugar added, right? So that means there is sugar in it. You just have an added extra. He's like, no, there's no sugar anywhere on this plate. It's all made with Splenda. And I'm like, okay, stop. Except for the natural sugar in the mango. Right, yeah. But yeah, but that's, that's hard to yeah, avoid. In that, anything, yeah. yeah, but to have the actual cheesecake and, and the chocolate and the... The, uh, you know, the, the little uh, stuff, garnish, the garnish <laughs> on the plate, all done with Splenda. And you would never have known it in a million years. It was unbelievable. That would be a good segment for you. Sugar free desserts around the world or something. Miserable at Disney. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> God knows we're not doing it. So it might be a good segment for you. But, I, uh, uh, well, something else. If your parents are adventurous in their wine drinking, um, they might enjoy Jico, which well. only serves um, wines from Africa. I love their wine. Really good. I also know that uh, if they're environmentally involved. I can't recommend the wave to anybody. Really? Oh, I like the wave. Oh no, I, we've had nothing but I've had nothing but bad meals. We there. had the first meal we ever ate there was good, and then the ones we've had subsequent to that I thought were not that great. But they have a very extensive wine list, and it's all like, like locally grown by peasant women. And yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I, you know I my ex- my experiences there. The service has been less than good, and the food has been, in my opinion, completely uninspired. I just I, I did not like. Uh, the wave at all we've been there three times I, I really wanted to like it I wanted to like this restaurant but when you have the exact same problems three different times over the course of a year yeah there's something wrong go to Narcissus or, Sta- or Yachtsman and we're going to include we'll have links to those menus uh, on the show notes page 
uh, to the menus we've discussed here. And you can find, uh, actually, just for anybody who doesn't know, you can find menus from all over Disney property uh, on our, in our dining, uh, dining information page. It's our dining database. And, of course, you could also carry that around in your pocket by using the official iPhone app of the Diz <laughs> e-ticket. <laughs> Didn't come across like too much of an ad, did it? But, uh, all right, well, thank you again for that, uh, for that call. Brian, who has an email they would like to read? I have one. Let me put on my glasses. This is from Jeremy Plumley. You have from glasses. Staff- he has a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> from Stafford, Virginia. Hey, podcast team. I wanted to share a product that has been great for our family in and out of the parks. Like so many other people, we bring our own water to the parks to help save a little money. On our last trip, we started using Hydro Flask water bottles. These look like your typical aluminum bottles, but they are stainless steel, and I have found them to work much better. They keep liquids cold, and I mean hurt your teeth cold, for 24 hours and hot for 12 hours. They don't sweat with condensation either, so it doesn't get everything in your bag wet. These have been especially helpful for our two toddlers as we bring milk in the bottles for their sippy cups. We no longer have to search for places in the park that have bottled milk. We just throw them in the stroller and go on our way. Something else that is really cool is that Hydroflask also participates in 5percent.org, which allows you to give back 5% of the price of your bottle to one of several charities that participate. Love the rotating host format. Keep up the great work. Not anymore. (laughs) And he's Castaway JP on the boards. I had chosen this email as well. I did too. But I thought it was awesome as a fellow parent. Um, Because I had been thinking about that. I was telling Kathy, I said, you know, with a baby, it's easy because the formula is mixed. You know, you bring the water, bring the little packet of formula. But for Ferris, he drinks real milk. I'm like, how do you keep that cold? And then, like he said, trying to find the places that actually serve milk. I'm going to get some of these. I really am. And the I have this, the metal flasks, and they do. They get all that condensation on there that as you're holding it, your hand's wet. Anything you put it in gets wet. I like It's this. funny. I was going to go online and see if I could find them. Yeah. Actually, the, the 17 ounce is nineteen ninety nine online. The 24 ounce is twenty four ninety nine online. Oh, that's not bad. All right. We'll have a link to that in the show notes page as well. Cool. Thank you very much, Kathy. Who else? Walter? I have one. This is from Chuck Ninier in Maryville, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Chuck. It looks like T times 2TN on the boards. I'm a DVC member and have a question about the Top of the World Lounge at the Bay Lake Tower. I've read a lot of conflicting reports about this lounge and who gets access to it. Can you please clear this up for me? I've made a cash reservation for Bay Lake Towers with DVC member services for this coming September. Can you tell me if I will get access. Well, I know Pete and I went opening day, and we had paid cash. And when you look on your ticket, it will actually say if you're DVC points or not. And when, since we did not have DVC points, it would not they would not allow us up to the. Lounge. You have to yeah. You actually have to book through DVC with DVC points to get access to the lounge. Uh, also, it's not just a matter of getting up to the lounge. You have to go down to the lobby. Talk to a host or hostess who will be... Have a retina scan. Exactly. <laughs> host or hostess who will be at a special desk, and they'll confirm that you've booked on DVC points, and then they'll allow you back up to the Right. Lounge. And that, now this, you know, it, it's also considered booking on DVC points if you rent DVC points uh, from a DVC owner. You're still 
that's still a, a, a reservation on points. So you will get access to the lounge. If you just book uh, Bay Lake Towers as a hotel room through uh, you know Central Reservations or Walt Disney Travel, then you will not have access. So if you're paying cash uh, for it uh, to Disney, no. If you are renting points or you are a DVC member, as long as those reservations are going through member services at some point in the process, DVC member services, then you will have access to the lounge. And I think that's exactly the way it should be. So, good you know, good for DVC members. So, Cool. Well, thank you very much good. for that, Walter. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one. Mine is from Kathy Warner in Louisville, Kentucky. Hi, all. I have a couple of questions about using Disney transfers for, di- for cruises. I'm planning on staying at a DVC resort prior to an upcoming DCL cruise. If I sign up for Disney Cruise Line transfers from resort to port and back, can I check in at the resort for the cruise, like people that book a land-sea package? Also, uh, can I have DCL transfers pick you up at one resort and drop you off after the cruise at a different resort? Uh, First answer is no. You cannot check in uh, for your DCL cruise if you're staying at a a resort you've booked on your own even though you've booked DCL transfers, um, you will still have to check in for the cruise at the port. The good news is, is that's not a painful process. They make it really easy. You'll do most of it online anyway, and you'll get through really fast. It's not a big deal. And the second answer to your second part of your question is, yes, you can be picked up at one resort and dropped off at another. That's not a big deal with uh, DCL transfers. Just let them know where you're going to and where you're coming from. All right. Thank you very much for that, John. Our final voicemail this week comes to us from Mike in Texas, who has a suggestion for Corey and Kathy. So here is Mike. Hey, team. This is Mike from Spring, Texas, and I would like to pose a question for Kathy and Corey. Since the two of you, Kathy and Corey, have recently acquired your own new electronic children, your new cameras, have you... I'm sorry, Mike. Are, are you, like, related to Teresa by any chance? <laughs> no, Mike sounds like that guy who does the paintings where the little trees live near the water. Bob Ross. That's him. Oh, I didn't pause that. I stopped it. Is it Mike Holland? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Hey, team. This is Mike from Springtime. Your new cameras. Have you given any thoughts to participating in any photo walks around the Walt Disney World Resort? or any of the surrounding Central Florida attractions. And or either of you can recommend a organized photo walk for your fellow camera enthusiasts that focuses around the Walt Disney World Resort or anything else in the surrounding Central Florida area. For those listeners that do not know what photo walks are, they are gatherings of amateur, semi-professional, and some pro photographers who walk around a specific location, taking pictures and learning and getting ideas from other photographers in attendance. This is a great way to make new friends and learn about composing pictures and learning more about your point-and-shoot or digital SLR camera. Fantastic experience. If uh, maybe Corey and Kathy are brave enough, maybe uh, we can schedule a photo walk for the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival when everything's in full bloom or for possibly even after Podcast Cruise 2.0 in December of 2010. Thanks, everyone, and have a fantastic week. 
Well, thank you very much, Mike. I really think you and Teresa should get together and do one nine hundred numbers. <laughs> uh, I found it soothing. I don't know. Oh, it is a very, very soothing. The little tree lives right here next to the lake. <laughs> so, what do you think, Corey and Kathy? Uh, I'd be I'm willing fr- to. I'm familiar with photo walking. I've never done it. I, I'm, I kind of been- get my own zone when I'm taking photos. I'm more like a photo jogger. Um, I'm always on a well, on a mission. Do you think you could change <laughs> modes once and maybe? You know. I don't think I even understand the words he's using. <laughs> <laughs> I've done things like that along the way, so yeah, that would be fun. I think you'd have a good time doing it, babe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About organizing it, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, make a promise I can't keep. Is, isn't the rule on the Diz is if you suggest it, then you have to That's organize it? it. The rule so. on the boards: if you suggest it, it's your baby. I love how these rules. Mm-hmm. You know. So I'll show up. You just tell me when and where. Corey's running the boards. He doesn't even know about the rule. <laughs> well, we made this rule um, on a few shows ago. Yeah. Right? Somebody suggested that we do something <laughs> like make up the rule uh, tour, mm-hmm. uh, do reviews of the shows or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they say, yeah, okay, yeah. If you suggest it, you go do it. Yeah. <laughs> if you suggest it, it's your baby. <laughs> oh, so I see what was going on when I wasn't there. Pointing off the legwork onto the listeners. I get it. You suggest it, you do it. It's called delegating. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a, that's one word. But uh few rules. If you suggest it and you do it, I don't do anything before 12 o'clock. So. Oh. <laughs> and if anybody wants to do the early morning ones, I'll do that. Diva. <laughs> so. Now, it sounds fun. That would be fun. Yeah, I would do would. that. I would go do that with you, Walter and I. It's always interesting to see. How Walter you looks can- at me like, what are you, are you kidding me? How you can all look at the same scene but and come up with different. so many different pictures. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a, a great suggestion, Mike. So maybe we'll, you know, organize something and, you know, maybe we'll show up. I've or maybe you'll just be standing the there movies. by yourself. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> that's it. Mock the listeners. I'm just going to say no one's going to call ever again now. Between John call. offending the British. And- I'm not offending. I'm just <laughs> pointing out how weird they are. <laughs> Leave the British alone. I love the Brits. So, all right, that is going to do it for our email show this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks for listening, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Stay out of the damn lakes.